Welcome to Word of God Broadcast with Pastor Opie Swells from Multitudes Church in Laurenburg, North Carolina. Our prayer is that your heart will be like moistened soil, ready to receive the seed from God's Holy Word. Now, today's message.
Many of you can say, Jesus is mine. Hallelujah. Come on. Mm, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord today. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, bless the Lord. <laughs> Any redeemed people in this room this morning? Hallelujah. Redeemed by the blood. I get some people here are glad that that old man, that old woman is dead. Amen. There's a new name, mm, a new creation, walking in new life. Hallelujah. How many of you remember the old life every now and then? You know, the enemy will remind you of the old life. Oh, man, but that old person was buried, amen? Hallelujah. Your name, if you're saved, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Oh, what a promise. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Oh, bless him today. I bless him. Anybody else feel the just the spirit of worship in this place? Like... It's like the spirit of worship, but there's a spirit of joy in this place. There's a spirit of like excitement and joy, just anticipation. And I'm just I'm just sitting here wondering what is the Lord going to do today. I don't know if what if it's gonna happen in one of these songs, it's gonna happen in the sermon. Some in this I'm just telling you, God is up to something today. Amen. He is, He's up to something. Bless the Lord. Well, we're gonna continue the worship with our giving and we want to thank you for being faithful and we want to thank the Lord for being our provider amen we want to thank him for being Jehovah Jireh he is our provider he's never failed me I, the Lord has never failed me not one time and I thank him so we're going to give back to him you know, we wouldn't have anything if he didn't if he didn't bless us to have it, you know. He gives it to us. If it wasn't for him, we wouldn't even have it. But he says, will you trust me? Will you be 
obedient? Will you give back what I've asked as far as tithes? And then what the Lord lays on your heart as far as what is giving above that? And I'm, and I'm telling you, the word of God is, is truth. When you give, when you're generous, you're helping the work of the Lord. But man, he pours out blessings on you. Oh man, the blessings of the Lord just bountiful in our lives. Amen. So we're going to pray over it. And I want you to help me pray over this this morning. Father, we come to you again and we thank you. Lord, we thank you for what we feel right in this moment, in this place. Lord, there's a lot of places that we could go. There's a lot of destinations. A lot of places people like to go to get away. and All that is great, but there is nowhere, nowhere, nowhere like your house and like your presence. So we're thankful that we're able to experience it today. Lord, take what's being given today and bless it, use it, stretch it, multiply it. God, we know you're the God of multiplication. We know you're the God of increase. And so I'm asking that you will bless, bless, bless your people. We thank you so much, Lord. We thank you. We thank you. This is another one of those things, Lord, where we remember. We remember what you have done for us. We remember Calvary. We'll never, may we never get over what happened on Calvary. Because it was there where that blood was shed. The precious blood of the of the one and only the begotten Son of the Father. The Son who left who left all of the glory of heaven, the splendor. And he left it and came and put on flesh, put on humanity for you and I, for me, for me, and for you. Lord, we, oh Lord, we didn't deserve it, but it was purely out of love. That's why you made a way. And we're thankful that a way was made. Hallelujah. Bless this giving, Lord, and bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen. was far too wide but from the far side of the chasm you held me in your sight so you made a way across the great divide left behind heaven's throne to build it here in and there at the cross, you paid the debt I owe. 
I don't know, normally tell you the title of the message. Uh, we just have it on a slide. Derek's prepared. But I want to ask you a question starting off in this today. Are you, are you focused or distracted? Are you distracted or are you focused? In Luke 9, 62, Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. And what he means by that is that anybody that gets distracted has no longer uh, been productive in his eyes. It, it, it means that I know a lot of time we think that they've lost their salvation, they're dying and going to hell. But what the Lord is saying right here, anybody that's begun to work for the Lord and then they all of a sudden just stop it, it's like the salt has lost its flavor or savor. You all know that scripture. It's like the light has been hidden under a basket, that kind of thing. And when you become distracted, you're of no benefit to the kingdom of God. Doesn't mean that God hates you, because he don't. Doesn't mean that God's not going to fulfill his obligation and allow you into that kingdom that we've been praising him about this morning. He is. But it means down here, you're just sucking up air and you're just, you're you, you walking around with a pulse. Nobody that's put their hand to the plow and they just say, well, I'm through. You're not fit for the kingdom of God. They've become distracted. Somebody, something, somewhere along the way has distracted you. And I just want to give you a few stats that you can relate to about distraction. Did you know about 3,000 people die in auto accidents due to distracted driving every year? Each year, approximately 3,000 people lose their lives to car accidents resulting from distracted drivers. This accounts for between 8 and 9% of all fatal motor vehicle collisions on roads across the United States. 8%. 8%. Fatal car accidents are due to distracted driving. Nine people die every day. Nine people die every day from distracted driving. The most distracted driving happens between 6 p.m. and 11 p.m. Getting off work, going late, running here, running there. Distracted driving is a problem at all hours, but an attention increases in the evening. In fact, between 6 and 11 p.m., drivers were distracted for an average of 1.56 minutes per driving hour. And here you go. You ready for it? Cell phone use was involved in 12%. 12% of car accidents. Taking your eyes off the road for five seconds at 55 miles an hour is equivalent to traveling the length of a football field without looking. Can you believe that? Put your phone down. Cut it off. It's not worth Richard Bowles. It ain't. In the best casket he's got, that call can wait. 
I mean the best urn he's got if that's the way you're going. They ain't, well, I ain't burning. I ain't burning now and I ain't burning later. But the best, most expensive casket he's got ain't worth me responding to a text. I drove all the way to Montana and stayed there six months and drove all the way back. Not nary cell phone even invented yet. I stopped every few stakes and called mom and daddy when I found a nice sanitary payphone. Not. By the way, that was the good old days because once in a blue moon, you could find a payphone that was car height where you didn't even have to get out of your car. There weren't many of them. I sought them bad boys out, though. But you had to be careful because you could eat the side of a door and lose a window, a mirror in a minute. Taking your eyes off the road for five seconds ain't worth all that, though, folks. It's not. There is some good news. I'm going to give you some good news real quick. Drivers are typically more focused on the road during their morning commute. That's why we're reading the Bible in the morning. It matters. Between the hours of 6 and 9 a.m., motorists are distracted for only an average of 1.4 minutes per hour of driving. This is nearly half as much time for unfocused driving as evening hours. And I'm going to go back and talk about David for just a minute, the same David we just talked about, but I'm going to talk about a very, very, very unfortunate story. Last week was a, a great story about taking down Goliath and all that. But see, you can become distracted even as a national hero. You can become distracted as a hero of the faith. And in the 10th chapter, or 11th chapter rather, the Bible talks about this and gives us a very clear description. It came to pass after the year was expired at the time when the kings go forth to battle that David sent Joab and his servant with him. And all Israel, they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David tarried still at Jerusalem, problem number one. And it came to pass in an evening tide that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he saw a woman washing herself, and the woman was a fox. That's the OS version. But somebody won't get it, so I've got, to, I've got to break it down for you. And the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David sent and inquired after the woman, and one said, Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? And David sent messengers and took her, and she came in unto him, and he lay with her. For she was purified from her uncleanness, and she returned into her house. And the woman conceived and sent and told David and said, I am with child. Then if you go all the way down to verse 27, and while you're going to verse 27, the Bible makes it clear that sin is pleasurable for a season. But not without a price tag. Because verse 27 says, And when the morning was past, David sent and fetched her to his house. She became his wife and bare him a son. But the thing that 
David had done displeased the Lord. You know why? The middle part of the story you can read in full detail at home. But she got pregnant from that one night stance. See, he was supposed to be on the battlefield with everybody else. If you're doing the work of God, if you're doing, if you're in the place you're supposed to be, you are very, very unlike, uh, unlikely rather to, to get into a situation you're not supposed to be in. Wrong place, wrong time, you're going to get the wrong results. That's another message in itself. So David had that one night stance. She got pregnant. He sent for her husband to try to cover his tracks. See, that's what sin will do. It'll help you out. It's not happy with one shovel full of dirt. It wants you to dig a deep, deep hole. In fact, it wants you to dig the hole so deep that it leads all the way to hell. So the man came home. David tried to get him to go wash and sleep with his own wife. He said, I can't do it. He had the mind that David was supposed to have. He said, I can't do that and leave my men, my fellow uh, fighters out there, and me go live it up with my wife right now. So he slept on the steps. And so David found out about that. So he said, well, I'm just going to have a drinking party. He got a keg and got him in there, got him drunk. Man still would not go in and sleep with his wife. So he sent word to the captain of his army. He said, put him in the hottest part of the battle. They did that, and sure enough, he got killed. So lust turned into adultery, fornication, turned into good old-fashioned hypocrisy, being a hypocrite, and eventually led to murder. And that's the way the devil carries it out. And so after he had the baby, she had the baby, the thing displeased the Lord. The Lord, smitten as it could be, the child was found with a sickness from God and died. You see, folks, you can do stuff that can kill somebody else if you're not careful. You can do stuff that can derail a marriage, that can tear up a home. You can do stuff that will cause you to lose your own job. You can do stuff, and you can neglect to do stuff, like not being on the roof, being about your father's business. You can do stuff that will keep you out of trouble, but you can do stuff that will get you in trouble, and it will get those around you that you love in a lot of trouble. You can do it. You've got that ability. And so you've got to watch out because distractions, I'm going to do it. I did it a long time ago. And I told you nobody but my daddy knows the song, but the old George Yant song, Sin, the Cathedral Quartet, he was the bass singer. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay. And that's why you've got to be careful when you show up for school. You can leave here. You can leave Wednesday night. You can leave wherever you are listening, watching right now. You can have a made-up mind. I'm going to start reading with the church. I'm going to do the right thing. And you can go to school, but all of a sudden you know that you would rather be noticed by people. And while at school, you can be become distracted I'm, you're at school let me explain something to you that just carries around here. it doesn't matter what your daily agenda looks like 
that is separate from your daily focus. See, your agenda can vary. For example, you can go to school. You can have a doctor's appointment. You can have to get your oil changed. You can have to go see an attorney. You can have a, a, a haircut appointment. That, you can have to show up for work. You can have a lot of stuff. That's your agenda, but your focus can only be single. Everywhere Jesus went, he was mindful of the will of the Father. So you can be at school, and if you're not really careful, you can be distracted very easy just because you want people to like you or because you're the only one that's, that's living or vocally at that level, and so you just, I'm distracted, I'm distracted, and there you go. When you open the door to distracting, distractions, you find yourself doing things you wouldn't do at home if you're not careful. The things of, of our daily life, the demands, everything from housework to paying bills, the pressure of raising a family, the pressure of making sure that, that you are the spiritual leaders of your home, the spiritual, uh, the spiritual rock, if you're not careful, even your home, the place where you find a lot of comfort, you can be distracted by your home that God's blessed you with or, 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 or it becoming an idol. It can cause you to lose your focus. You don't turn your home into a sanctuary for getting up in the morning and letting your house be filled with praise or letting your house be filled, founded on the rock of God. You can be distracted in your own house. If you're not careful, and that's why we do private things in our house. Because when you are distracted, you walk on the roof. That ain't the only place. How many people have lost it all at work? It looked good. It's doing what I needed to do, paying bills. But there's somebody paying attention to you that you should not be allowing to pay attention to you. You are thinking that when the boss um, gives you an opportunity to... Well, make it better for your family, but it's going to cost you some Sundays. You're probably going to have to work a lot. You're going to have to be away from your family a lot. You know, he'll, he'll just tell you all this. And, well, I, I'm still going to pay my tithes, and, you know, I'm going to help out when I can and all this. And see, you lose your focus. Again, your agenda varies. Your itinerary for every day will look different every day. But your focus stays the same when it's pure and holy. And then that's not the only thing. I don't know how many of you have been to New York City. But I've been to New York City a couple of times. And there's one thing I can tell you. When you go to Times Square at New York City, there's no way, there's no way you can start walking down Times Square. And then when you get back home, somebody said, man, did you see all them LED billboards and the millions of lights? No, I never even noticed it. I, I, I didn't see it. You can't get out of your car and not see it. You know why? Because it's everywhere. It's blinding. If you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, it will blind you. There's so many screens and lights there. You, it demands for you to look at it. And that's the way your everyday life is. If you're not careful, every day of your life, every single day of your life, there are things out here that demand for you to look at. 
that demand for you to take part in. And you've got, you've got to be so focused that you have got a still wall around you called the Holy Ghost. And you do that through word and through fasting and through prayer that when distraction, hey, you got to look at me. You've got to get involved in this. You've got to take part in this, that you've got it blocked out. And you can't do that by saying, well, I'm going to try my best. You've got to have a made-up mind. Because every day, there, there are billboards in this life of yours. You cannot leave your home. At, we've already given statistics where people were distracted. I know 12% were cell phones, but there's a lot from people looking and gazing and all night. When we left that church last night, if I had not have been looking in McCall, I would have ran over a guy on a bicycle. And Angie said, I didn't even see him. And that's kind of like real reverse, by the way. Because it's always me, and she sees everything. But the enemy wants to do all he can to distract us. So he employs people, and he employs the things of this world. Because if he can get you distracted just one time while you're on the roof that you're not supposed to be, then he knows the rest of it's just going to be an automatic domino effect. And then, you know, it's not just there, but it's things that we choose to get involved in in our life. God knows I wish I could run on a tennis court and do this right now. Can't do it. And see what the Lord would have all of us to know today. There's nothing wrong with extracurricular activities. There's nothing wrong with leisure things we do. We're involved in There's nothing wrong with work. There's nothing wrong with technology around us. There's nothing wrong with school. There's nothing wrong with our home as long as it doesn't become a distraction, as long as it's just something I'm not attached to. It's in my life, but it doesn't own me. I still am sold out to God. I'm still focused to God, and I'm aware of his devices. I'm I'm aware of his tricks and I will not look because the Bible tells us that that the apostle Paul believe it or not ran into some of these things in fact there was a lady in the Bible that was so focused that it's offensive to most people that know about this story there was a lady that had a daughter that was demon-possessed. This woman was not a Jew. And I got to tell you something quick, but when Jesus came, the order was for him to introduce himself, the promised Messiah, through the prophets. They prophesied that he would come and he would reveal himself to the Jews the Jews would learn and know him and then they would take that message and that testimony to the Gentiles and it would go through the ends of the earth. And this woman came up to, Je to Jesus and she asked him to heal his, her daughter. And Jesus said, I, I can't give the bread that belong to the children to little dogs. Now you talking about storming out of a church. That would have did it right there. But this woman was not distracted by what Jesus was saying. Because look at what Jesus 
did after she made this comment in Matthew 15, 27. She said, Lord, that's the truth. But even the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And Jesus said, I have not found faith like this anywhere. He said, your daughter's healed. I feel the Lord. Just, I mean, I just feel him right now. He said, your daughter is delivered and set free right this minute. And you see, church, that happens every week in a pulpit, churches all over the world. Uh, we think, in my case, it's me, or, or we think it's the pastor saying something to us. And sometimes uh, preachers have abused, and they'll, they will stand before God for taking it lightly when they aim at people. But many times, God will deal with us through the word, through the delivered word, through the messenger of the hour. And we will be so guilty. And all God's trying to do is set us free so he can bless us and do great and mighty things with us we know not of. But if you don't allow the doctor to work on you, you'll never get healed and get healthy and get whole so God can do what he wants to do with you. And this lady didn't allow what the Lord was trying to tell her and distract her so that she could see her daughter's life. And I tell, I tell you on a regular basis, God, I don't care what hits me. If it's going to heal me and make me better so you can do more with me, God, let it cut me up. I ain't going to get mad at a preacher. I ain't going to get mad at people singing. I'm not going to get mad at the Holy Ghost that's trying to, that's convicting me right now. God, whatever you want to do, melt me, mold me, make me, do whatever, because I want to be, you are the potter anyway. I'm just an old piece of clay. See, that's what the devil does a lot of times. He, he will, he'll do this. I, ever since I've had uh, any kind of knowledge of being in church, people get so offended like a preacher has written the word of God. And I know some of them has abused it. And they, they, they're going to give an account for that. But they don't have a holy reverent fear of God. And so this lady got what she was, she was looking for all because, all because she didn't get offended, church. She didn't. So, this is not the day nor the hour. Let me give you a little bit of hope. Just a little bit. This is not the time to be distracted, church. This is not the time to say, well, I've served my time. I can just stay here while everybody else does it in the kingdom. This is not the time to think it's, it's proper and, and, and you are now one of these entitled Christians and you can just go walk on the roof now. This is not the hour to do this. Everywhere I'm going, I'm asking people about church. And I'm, do you go to, even if it's a different town or state, I say, are you in church? Are you in church? This is the absolute worst time in history for people all over the earth to not be in church. The worst time you could ever think not to be in church. I mean, it, it, it scares me to death. People that don't feel the burden to be in church on Sunday or on Wednesday. And I, I, I feel as burdened for them preachers I pray with and every other church. I feel burdened for people not seeing the hour we're living in. And it just bothers me. And there's a lot of benefits to occupying 
being on the battlefield. He said, occupy until I come. Don't go on the roof. We'll be walking on the roof in heaven. Now's not the time to walk on the roof, David. And so Paul walked into a city like New York, like we would think New York. And instead of getting distracted by being in the world, see, we are in the world, we're not of the world, church. You understand that, right? The Bible says when Paul, I think it was Barnabas and Silas, had stayed back and wasn't with him yet, and he walked into the city, and at chapter 17 of Acts, verse 16 says, and now while Paul was waiting for him at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him. See, the city didn't, city didn't do what the devil was hoping it would do to him. But the, the, the city actually caused his spirit to be stirred. He knew it wasn't right. He saw them wholly given over to idols and idol worship. In fact, in another, another time, chapter 20, all the things he had gone through and all the things that were going on in his life, he said, but none of these things moved me, meaning all of the things that physically had happened to him, personally had happened to him, he said, none of these things moved me. I'm not distracted by what happens to my flesh. He said, I don't even count my life dear to me that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry that I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify. And you know, church, you can still fulfill your obligation in this life. I'm talking about with a job and with everything else and not be distracted by them. You can be a trillionaire. Imagine that. I'm just going to go on and, and just leave million and billion. You can be a trillionaire. We can't even fathom that kind of money and not be distracted by it. And don't be fooled thinking you can walk on the roof. You can't do it. God's not assigned you to the roof. He's not assigned me. That, that thing that, oh my goodness, that Ed shared with us this morning. The church has got to be the church right now more than ever. It's got to look like a chicken bog sale every week in one way or another. On Wednesday night, oh, we got to be praying for one another. we got to be lifting one another up. We've got to be reading together. We've got to have that kind of community and closeness right now. Iron sharpens iron, and we're here to bear one another's burdens. We're here to build one another up on our most holy faith. And you can't do that if you feel entitled to be on a roof while everybody else is getting towed up by bullets. That's just what the Lord God had said. And we open ourselves up every time we're not engaged on the battlefield. God, whatever my hands find to do, you told me I need to be doing it. When we don't do that and we, we sell ourselves a bag of excuse, we are setting ourselves up to be distracted and to be tempted just like David was. 
The Bible says in Isaiah 50, and I'm closing, but I want you to listen to what the prophet said in the 7th verse. For the Lord God will help me. Amen. For the Lord God will help you. The Lord God will help me. Therefore, I shall not be confounded. Therefore, I wish you'd just say it with me. Have I set my face like a flint? And I know that I shall not be ashamed. And you've got to be so focused that spiritually looking, when the devil looks at you with anything in this world, he's got to see a face that's so determined, a relationship with Jesus that's so solid that you look, like in the devil and every demon of hell's eyes, you look like a sharp, sharp piece of flint that the devil cannot even get near because if he does, he'll get cut by you and your relationship with Jesus. So I've set my face. I'm not going to be distracted. That's why we're reading together as a church to get focused. We're prioritizing the Word of God and prayer and being together. Whenever you are focused, church, listen to me. I'll go back to the plate cell. Whenever you are focused, you create unity. And once you achieve unity, you can then operate in the power of the Spirit. You want an example? Good, I'll give you one. Acts chapter 2 again. When they were all in one mind and one accord, that was unity. They created unity. Once they created that unity by saying, well, I know we got, but this church time, Jesus said to go up to the upper room. But I got ball practice. Well, I got the chance to make triple, triple, double overtime. But God said, Go to the upper room. God said, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. God said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves as the manner of some is. As you see the day approaching, you need to do it more and more and more. That's what he says. And when they created that unity in the upper room and they achieved that unity, they were then for the rest of their earthly life able to operate in the power of God because the power of God came down and filled them right where they were sitting. And I, I want you to stand up, if you will. We've got to pray. The Bible says that it's not by might. You don't have it on the screen, but a lot of you season, 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 season people, you know the next part. It's not by might nor by Um, we just need to stop and take care of some business right quick. When I say things like you season, season, season people, that's like New York, time, New York billboard time for you to like say that next part with me, okay? So, not everybody will know it because it's not on the screen, but a lot of you seasoned people know that it's not by, nor by, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. And I believe that that's what's missing in a lot of people's lives and in a lot of churches today. 
is the power of God and the Spirit of God. It looks good. It's impressive. It gets many, many, many likes and shares. And Oh, people quote and people try to imitate and all that. It looks like it is really working good, but it is really, really, really so programmed that it's dead and dry and the Spirit of God is not there. I've been. I've watched. I know. And you can't do that any other way. You can't teach it in a workshop. You can't pay $99 for an online course. You've got to understand that if my focus is not Jesus, not even multitudes, if this is the church we're talking about right now, I'm talking about a relationship with Jesus Christ. If your focus is not Him, regardless of what your agenda, your itinerary is, if your focus is not Him, you're going to get distracted. And you got to watch out when you get distracted. You'll get mad. You will give yourself permission to be entitled to sin. You just kind of sit back. Before we end our broadcast today, I just want to ask you a simple question. Do you know Jesus Christ? Not do you go to church. Not do you have a cross in your home. But do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Meaning that you realize you were born into a world of sin and you are a sinner. And you violated the law of God and you've stored up wrath. And for that, you feel bad and so bad that you've asked him to forgive you. And you've changed your way of living to reflect following Christ. If you haven't done that, that's exactly what this entire broadcast is about. It's not about a bunch of people or a bunch of money or attending our church, but it's asking you this question, are you ready to meet the Lord face to face and give an account for your life? If you have not done that or you're not sure, we need to pray right now. And the prayer doesn't have to be a lengthy prayer or an intelligent prayer but it has to be a prayer of faith from your heart. And you have to pray. You can pray in your own words, but you must realize during the course of your prayer that without the forgiveness of God Almighty, that there is no way you'll have peace with God now or for all eternity. So I want to pray for you. God, I pray for every person listening right now. Lord, that they would understand that it's not your will for any to perish, but for all to have everlasting life. And I'm asking you, oh God, to help my friends right now that may be praying to know that you are waiting. You stand at the door. You said in Revelation 3, you stand at the door and knock. You're waiting on us, Lord. And help them to know, Lord, when they call on you, that they can be saved and they will be saved when they pray from their heart and they make up their mind that they're going to follow you. Friend, if you prayed that prayer, and you meant it from your heart, you are now a child of the Most High God. Not only do you have an advocate, not only do you have a friend right now that sticks closer than a brother, but you've got the hope of heaven one day. And for that, I am so glad. If you prayed that prayer today, 
why don't you just take just a moment, if you don't mind, and uh, reach out to us at multitudeschurch.com forward slash uh, saved, S-A-V-E-D. Or you can send us a text that just says saved to 910-400-1199. That's the word saved to 910-411199. Listen, we'd like to help you out on your journey. And there's no strings attached. We just want you to know we're trying to finish our course and fulfill the Great Commission. And you're part of that. So let us pray for you. And if you have any kind of prayer request, why don't you uh, share that with us? Uh, we will not reach back out to you and ask you for anything. Uh, but you're welcome to email us and let us know what your prayer need is right now. And that's just a simple email uh, to prayer at multitudeschurch.com. Thank you again for being a part of our broadcast, and we look forward to seeing you in heaven one day for all eternity. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church or to watch entire services, please visit us online at multitudeschurch.com. You can also find us on most social media platforms.